Hey, welcome back to Afternoon Bloom. This is Rachel Helm, and today we're going to be talking about dark roasts. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, maybe you should start there. We, we discussed all things light roasts, and now I'm going to take it over to the dark side. So um, this was a really interesting point brought up to me, and um, I'm just going to start off with this. Um, well, first, okay, let's just clarify. A dark roast flavor profile is really just full body, tons of oils, not a lot of sugar, so sometimes it's really bitter, and there's a long ass aftertaste. So, and that's just the oils, all the oils in the coffee. So dark roasts are generally really just one toned and it's all about the texture. It's not really focusing on the flavor. So an interesting point brought up to me was, you know, if you're in a position and I get this, I mean, I refuse to go to any drive through for coffee. That's just a personal standard, but I get it. I am one on my own. Like you guys are going through drive throughs you're getting coffee in places. And the point was brought up, like if I'm in the position to be buying something at, you know, Starbucks or Tim Hortons, if we're going to name drop, what do I get? Like, do I do the dark roast? Do I do a light roast? Do I do the blonde roast? Um, and I'm just going to say this. Tim Hortons and Starbucks are not small companies. They are absolutely not buying coffee from any sort of small farmer. So everything they're getting is tons of different ripe or unripe, kind of like th this is not Arabica coffee, you guys. It's all Robusta coffee, which we talked about in episode one. So everything they're taking is just shaken off a tree and roasted super dark to hide all the faults, all the uh, anything wrong with those beans. They're just burning to hide that. So you're already drinking burnt coffee. All of you, I'm pretty sure, have acquired a palate for dark coffee and you don't even realize. Like, you think that's the only thing in coffee and I was one of those people. So that's why I'm comfortable saying that. Um, so if you're in a position where you're at Tim Hortons and you want to think, like, do I go normal or do I go dark roast? Like, it's already burnt. You do not need to go to a dark roast unless you are literally, like, a four-by-four four coffee drinker and you're just using the, the coffee as a carrier for your cream and sugar addiction, I mean, do you, but I just would never recommend going darker. And I get this a lot where people are like, what do you, if you had to choose McDonald's or Tim Hortons, what do you think? And it's like, I don't know. I haven't drank them in like three years. Um, you know, heat masks a lot of flavor. So if I've been in that position, I've guzzled it back with a lot of cream instantly so I didn't have to taste it and then you know the aftertaste haunts you for like two friggin days but um yeah guys let's just let's just drink let's just make smarter choices with our coffee first of all and then we will move on so I don't know if that was really an answer <laughs> I'm just informing you so you can make whatever decision you want but I'm just letting you know it's already burnt and we kind of talked about ferment in the last episode a little bit um the blonde roast really goes on the opposite spectrum where it's like sour and bitter are so easily interchangeable. That's what you're dancing with in any of those places. So I don't know, maybe get an ice cap. I, that's what I do in desperate times. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, um, yeah, so now we know dark roasts, they're pretty wound-toned. I don't think they're that special, if I'm being honest. I think a lot of people burn their coffee. Oh, this is a great way for you to figure out if you're drinking burnt coffee. And I didn't know this, and it felt like I was really, like, reeling in my life when I found this out. Okay, when you're watching 
commercial i might have brought this up before but who cares we could all be, use a refresher if your beans are glossy they're friggin burnt okay <laughs> those oils should not be coating the bean a good light ro- i mean a good dark roast might have a few specks of oil when it comes out of the roaster and obviously as it sits for a few days it might get oily you might see a few drops on the beans and i get excited when i see gloss at my roastery at listrica Bay because we don't burn it so you know like oh look at there's a dark one it's got a little bitty bit of oil on it if it's glossy like you'd see in the mcdonald's ads i'm really throwing them under the bus today but um i just don't know what other example to use so i'm sorry mcdonald's but you see in their commercials it's like glossy shiny that means literally everything is burnt off in that bean and it's just pure oils and that's what the texture you're used to and that's why it's not very delicious okay so i know people really want bold they want rich i think nine out of ten people who come into the roastery say that to me and You know, I think that's why I'm trying to push light roast because I just don't think people realize what they could be missing out on if they just, and I think a lot of it is people love milk and cream and sugar. People love it, okay? If you were to stop adding that to your dark roast, you wouldn't drink coffee. You would hate it. So I think that those steps of like, just adding less to your coffee your coffee shouldn't need all of those things it's totally a preference choice so if you're saying you can't get by without adding cream to your coffee you're drinking crappy coffee and there's a simple solution to that okay so you know it was one of those things for me when I started the roastery I found a so I have celiac disease it's like a whole gluten thing but when we were figuring it out I was like oh my gosh my stomach hurts all the time is it milk is it whatever and so I cut milk and dairy and everything out of my coffee and just naturally started like it's kind of like a push came to shove and I had to get rid of dairy but then you realize it was like I should have done this a long time ago I mean hand in hand I was also learning to cup and do all these things but you know just sometimes that pushing coming to shoving is, is it helps you because then you realize what else is out there. So maybe this will be your little push to stop drowning your coffee and just let it shine. And if it's not shining, find something else because there are good dark roasts. You can get what you want out of a dark roast. I love a good dark roast every now and again. They totally have a time and place, Um, but it's just so, so, so often um, you're drinking burnt um, Robusta coffee and we can do better than that. I'm telling you, we can do better than that. So the process with a dark roast is... Just like a light roast, we go through our dehydration, we go through our caramelization. The thing with a dark roast is you want to keep that caramelization slow. So it, it, it can ride out the amount of time. Like for reference, a light roast maybe takes 11 and a half minutes, 12 minutes for a medium. A dark roast takes 13 minutes. Like it's, it's very minute changes, but it absolutely completely changes the profile of the coffee depending on how well I let those beans caramelize. And that's my job. And that's why it's so I'm so careful tracking things every 30 seconds to make sure that it's developing just exactly how I want it to. And again, we find that sweet spot once we've roasted it light and slowly started to develop it. So we can see like, you know, this one can be taken to this sweet spot and oh my gosh, we get the body, we still get chocolate, we still get a hint of acidity, that mouthfeel is gorgeous and like, oh, just stays with you. Um, that's what you want. Uh, but, you know, the, the trick with a dark roast is because that, that coffee's been in the roaster for a bit longer you and it's slower, 
um, there has a tendency to build up more smoke in the roaster. So it's this really um, delicate dance between um, your airflow and the amount of gas you're using to make sure that it's it's not creating smoke. And um, you taste that on the cupping table when it was just like the airflow was not there wasn't enough airflow so the smoke was staying inside the roaster and it just coats the the smell you know so and it just distracts the aroma when you're tasting it it's it's just off a beat so there's all these little things in the background that we do for a dark roast that are complex and you know not so one-toned as I'm giving them credit for but most often they're just less complex and interesting than a light roast but I do love a good dark roast like um, a, a, a bean with a ton of sugar, um, that you can take to a dark roast and it gives you that sultry flavor, you know, it makes me proud. It's a good cup of coffee. I think, um, you are getting less caffeine in a dark roast. So that's another thing. Everybody drinking so much coffee, extra large Timmy's, like you could get away with a small light roast and, you know, save some time, (laughs) save some money. Uh, I don't know. It just, you see what I'm saying? Like it, it has these um, highlights and, and lowlights to it. So it does have less caffeine. I, if you're brewing a dark roast, you want to brew it in a French press. I mean, I think that's a no brainer. If you're looking for those, uh, that texture, you want to brew it in a French press to really um, access those oils. If you're somebody who just doesn't want as much caffeine, if it's the end of the day, brew a dark roast in a K-Mex and it's, it's, it's thin, you're not getting all the oils. It, it kind of will resemble a medium roast more than it would in a French press, but it's all what you have access to. So if you, a lot of people just start with French presses and they start drinking dark roast. So that's a perfect place to start. My dad is somebody who will literally only drink the Bourbon Continental in a French press, which is the dark roast in our Bourbon bean. And he'll notice if we if I don't have Bourbon roast of the day, he's out of dark roast coffee. I'll give him something else. And he's such a baby about it. But I get why. I mean, Certain beans really offer beautiful acidities and complexities, um, and they really just hold up to the roast, the roasting. So that's always exciting. So my good go-to excuses to um, brew a dark roast, and I say, excuse me, I don't know why I have such a thing against dark roast. I think it's just, I'm just so tired of people coming up to me and being like, I need something dark. And I'm like, why? Like, tell me why, and then I'll work with you, because I think we're just like trained to think that and um like I'm not hating on you for liking dark roast I I I see their their time and place but I think to totally neglect a light roast just because I mean for what tell me why and then I will you know feed into your theory but if that's just because you have no other reason then guys let's let's try something new so I do think they have a great dark roast if you're having a really spicy meal have a have a dark cup of coffee afterwards. It cuts it cuts the spiciness. It coats your mouth. If you're having it with dinner, you know there's not a lot of caffeine. Um, it's it's beautiful. That that sort of situation is when a dark roast oh looks amazing. So, you know, in the morning, first thing, I don't want a dark roast because it just feels heavy and then it feels like the whole day I have this feeling in my mouth. But some people really only look for that in coffee. So that could be a perfect start to your day, you know. But I I like it with certain foods. I like pairing it with certain things. Like if you're having a really rich brownie or something, 
you don't necessarily want a dark roast that's also going to be rich and heavy. You want a light roast that's going to cut through, like the acidity will cut through the heaviness of that brownie. But if you're having something that's, you know, tangy and spicy, the dark roast kind of counter counteracts it and, and plays with that sort of thing. So it's just like when people are pairing wine with their meal or, or beer with their meal, you can do the same with coffee. It's a culinary experience. So, um, if anything, you take that away from this episode, like that is so cool. Another thing, yeah, I've kind of mentioned this a few times already, but there's less caffeine. So I always like it at the end of the day. Um, and if you're using a classic drip, um, dark roast kind of do better just because it's such a quick extraction that you, you catch on to more of those oils and the textures. Uh, so you kind of see more out of the cup if you're just using a, a drip, but I would recommend using a French press. I think it really does justice to a nice dark roast. So a big thing that I've noticed a lot with um, perception with dark roast is uh, everybody thinks that a dark roast is used in espresso. And if you're from Italy, then absolutely certainly it is. But that that is changing rapidly everywhere else. And... Um, I will talk more about espresso. I do want to talk about dialing in the espresso. I want to continue that conversation we started. I'm happy that everyone was interested to keep going, but I think we just need to set something straight before um, we start dialing in espresso because that is just pure palate, and you have to understand what makes a light roast and a dark roast to understand what makes a perfectly balanced espresso. So a lot of people think espresso is its own bean. Espresso is its own roast profile. Um... I I am not aware of it. Like sometimes they'll call it an espresso roast, which is darker than a French roast, which is darker than our dark roast. So <laughs> there's a scale of dark, 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 and it goes on way down there. But if you're brewing, if you put a dark roast through an, an espresso machine, it will taste horrible because an espresso is just that quick extraction and it'll just highlight all the bitters. And if you were to put the same thing with just a light roast through an espresso machine, it might be really sour. And again, those notes are really hard to differentiate. So the way we've kind of done it is we've taken like a light a light roast to capture the acidity, a dark roast to get those chocolates, that body. And we've taken a medium roast that offers all these the fruitiness um, and then kind of characteristics from each to balance it out. And then we blend these and we play with so many proportions to see where exactly that sweet spot is for when we extract it. It's like, oh, okay, we're not, we have enough dark roast that we're not getting bitters, but we're getting that texture. And we have enough um, of the light roast that we're getting that acidity, but we're not getting sourness. And it's this complete balance. And that's when it really takes the skill of a barista dialing in that espresso to know how to zone in those flavors and recognize those flavors. So it takes a long time and a lot of coffee um to to really nail those down and and you have to really um uh decompart de what am i trying to say um like you want to break down the espresso so we have our blend but it'd be interesting if you like if you knew somebody did a blend to to get each bean individually cup them and know why like on their own how they taste to know why they decided that those beans should be together and then brew it through the espresso and see, you know, what you're what you're creating all together with these different flavors. And something I get a lot, too, is people who 
reference blends. I had somebody, it was funny, I was with a friend and I was talking to somebody about coffee and they were kind of interested. They had a shop and they were like, oh, it'd be cool if we did uh, a blend or like a bean or something. And I'm like, oh yeah, we could totally create uh, a signature blend for you guys. And they were like, yeah, but isn't it all the same sort of thing? <laughs> and I didn't say anything. And my friend looks at him and he's like, this is not the girl to say that to. <laughs> I was like, actually, no, it's not the same thing. It's a very specific balance between all things. And and that's what really is the art of coffee is, is, is developing these rows, finding a certain flavor. And then, you know, blending things is so much fun to me because you get to, it's this fine balance of all these little specific flavors and then knowing what they're brewing it with. Like, are you doing a stand outside or using French presses? Okay, we can make a blend that totally shines in the French press and and that's the thing is like people don't think coffee has personality when it absolutely does. Like, you know, I feel like I relate to a light, fun, <laughs> a light, happy, uh, fruity, uh, light roast. Like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Sometimes my dad, he is that dark roast. I get it. You know, like I think that's the beauty people don't look into enough where it's like, God, coffee is a feeling. It's not just, you know, this drink that you have. It, it's been like this whole process is so personal and we've just spent so much time with these beans that yeah it's more than just a friggin' blend okay like there's flavor there and if the blends you've had you haven't noticed anything special maybe that coffee was burnt you know like we're drinking so much burnt coffee on the market that we really need to spend time relearning what we know about coffee or what we think we know about coffee because it's always changing and this just reminded me of another thing coffee ages throughout the year we've touched on that I think but you know from start to finish in the harvest coffee's a fruit so it's always aging so we always have to kind of go back and reevaluate our roasts a little bit and dark roasts are one that we I mean both light and dark we have to be careful with all of them because you know at this point in the year we're at the nearing the end so you know they've lost a little bit of the pizzazz so it's our job to go in and reevaluate you know this light roast is losing a bit of its sparkle we need to readjust the caramelization so that it's back and popping um, maybe this dark roast is um, there's less water in the beans at this point in the year so we can't hit that 13 minute mark um, without completely burning things off so maybe we readjust our time and we readjust how we caramelize things to get there to our end result um, and that's just the fun of everything to constantly cup and change and develop these these beans um, to suit them best to give them the best personality they have to offer so yeah it's a lot of fun it's a lot of just hanging out with the beans they're constantly communicating and it's just a matter of um really tuning in and paying attention to what they are offering on next week's episode i want to talk more about espresso and we'll break down everything that um comes with dialing in the espresso and kind of you know finish this conversation there but i think we got some good points cleared up i think um you know we're all getting more informed with light and dark and making better decisions. And, you know, cheers to all the dark roasters out there. I am slowly easing my way back in. It was like I left the community and now I'm walking back in. So I'm right on the fence. I'm happy to be there with you. And I can I can show you the other side of the fence if you need help guiding your way through light roast. So this has been fun. I'm excited to talk about espresso. Um, thank you for listening.
So my name is Rachel Helm. You can find me on Instagram at HelmRach. You can find Jacob on Instagram at Gene underscore Daddy. And he did the music, the intro and outro music. And he also produced and edited this podcast for me. So thank you, Jacob. And you can find Afternoon Bloom on Instagram at Afternoon Bloom. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>